0: If you were invited to Lynchburg City Church under the ruse that we are expository verse by verse, let me just be very clear, tonight is not an expository message. I do not preach topical sermons very often, but when I do, they're about John Mark. And so, tonight I want to talk to you, And I want you to see this story about the life of of John Mark. Great comebacks are born in the wake of great adversity. If you never went through something really difficult or discouraging, hard, hopeless, you wouldn't really need the Lord. You could just operate on your own self-sufficiency, your own strength, your own power. But it's in those moments, those really, really hard and difficult moments, that God's glory and grace shines all the more brighter. Great comebacks are born in the wake of great adversity. It's January of 1993. Buffalo, New York is the scene. It's a win or go home playoff game for the Buffalo Bills. The Houston Oilers are in town and things are not looking good for the Bills. The starting quarterback is out and they find themselves trailing at the half 35-3. to The fans begin to leave. It seems that all hope is lost and then what is considered... Today as one of the greatest sports comeback in all of sports, the bills do the unthinkable. Down 35 to 3 30 at the half, they come back and win the game. 41, 38. Great comebacks are born in the wake of great adversity. It's 2004. It's the ALCS Game 4 in Boston. The Red Sox come into the game, they find themselves down three games to zero. Now for those of you who are not sports enthusiasts, and you don't even know what sport I'm talking about, to be down three games to zero is pretty significant. In fact, in sports where they use a best of seven format, that is the first team to win four games, so you can only play max seven games. With teams trailing three games to one, the team trailing only comes back statistically nine to eleven percent of the time. But the Red Sox, despite being down three games to zero, were determined not to go silently. Game four, they win it. Game five, they win it. Game six, seven. And the powerhouse Yankees are gone. They cruise into the World Series. They win four straight against the Cardinals to win the World Series. Great comebacks are born in the wake of great adversity It's the 5th of February Don't. 2000 <laughs> 2017 <laughs> Up until that game no team had ever come back from more than a 10 point Deficit In the Super Bowl yeah. The New England Patriots Found themselves trailing 25 points in the third quarter ESPN gave the Falcons A 99.7% chance At that point To win the game It was over But not quite it seemed the New England Patriots had one last breath in them to do what no one thought they could do. A race, a 25-point deficit, have to come up with two two-point conversions at the end of the game just to get it into overtime. And don't get me started about the coin toss they won. <laughs> great comebacks are born in the wake of a great... Adversity. Today's story is about a man named John Mark. man who, well, was facing his own degree of discouragement. You might say, like ESPN, everyone had counted him out. And the story of John Mark begins really in the 13th chapter of Acts in verse 5. The reason this is a topical sermon is because I'm going to be outlining the life of John Mark. not talking about so much a theme as talking about his life. In Acts chapter 13, verse 5, Paul, Barnabas, Barnabas' little cousin, John Mark, according to Colossians 4.10, they're out, they're on essentially a missions trip. Acts 13, 5. I'll I'll read that. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews and they had John to assist them. John, John Mark. This is the same guy. So they're out. They're telling people about Jesus. They're out. They're making disciples in obedience to the Lord's command. They're not coming just warming a pew once a week and thinking they checked a box and okay, well I done did that now. The rest of the week is my time. It's not your time because... Belongs to God, first and foremost. But they're, but they're out, and, and they're making disciples, and they're preaching the Word. And then something happens. It is, to this day, a little bit of a mystery what exactly took place. But we go down to verse 13 of chapter 13, and it says, Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia." And John, that's John Mark, that's Barnabas' cousin, left them and returned to Jerusalem. Don't know exactly why he left. A little bit of a mystery there. But we're given a clue to why he left in the 15th chapter of Acts. In Acts chapter 15, verse 36, It says, And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement. They got in a fight so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. A clue. Clue. I want you to picture this. Okay, This is real... What's happening? Paul, Barnabas, they're they're real. They come, they're talking about good things, about ministry, and here comes the devil trying to cause disunity. They get in a fight, they go their separate ways. I want you to see that scene in full. Close your eyes right now. Just picture that. Picture Paul, Picture Barnabas. Just picture that. They, they, they're, they're talking. He, see the scene. Hear their voices. Barnabas. 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 It's Paul. Are you home? I was like Paul. Barnabas.
1: Paul! Barnabas! Come here! (laughs) You look great. Yeah, I was just pumping iron. You know what they say, it's iron sharpens iron.
0: Ah, yes, one man sharpens another.
1: Praise God.
0: I love Solomon, but I would tell you, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way,
1: as it holds promise for both this life and the life to come. That's really good. You should send that one off to Timothy. I think his church would really benefit. I, I, think, I think he would too. Awesome. Well, what brings you? Well, I don't
0: know if you've heard.
1: Well, the rumor is you're going to be taking another trip. And my guess is, is you're here to say bye?
0: Well, I was actually here to see if you'd come with me on this trip. Me? Yes, born you.
1: I'll pray about it. All right, I'll come. <laughs>
0: Good, good, good. Now, I have some initial thoughts that I'd like to go over with you. Feel free to share any with me.
1: Well, we definitely need to get a team together. So I'm thinking we need to get Silas, John Mark...
0: Wait, did you say John Mark?
1: Yes, John Mark, my cousin.
0: I know who John Mark is, Barnabas, but I don't want him coming on this trip... Ask you why. Do you remember what happened when we came to the district of Pamphylia when we stopped at the port of Perga on our last trip?
1: Yeah, I remember. He was there, he was with us, he was helping out, and then he left.
0: He abandoned us, Barnabas. Well, if
1: you want to be dramatic about it,
0: (laughs) I don't feel comfortable with John Mark coming at this time.
1: What about forgiveness, Paul?
0: Barnabas, I forgive him, but I'm not ready for him to come with us.
1: You're being ridiculous.
0: Barnabas, it's clear that your love for your cousin is blinding you to the
1: situation at hand. I'd rather be blinded by love than take this opportunity away from him.
0: Barnabas, I understand how you feel. I'm not ready for him to come again with us on a trip.
1: There were a lot of people who weren't so sure about you too,
0: Paul. Don't make this about
1: me, Barnabas. Paul? Paul? I think the best thing for me to do would be for me to stay here and to, what is it that you always say? Bear my brother's
0: hand. Oh, go ahead and quote me.
1: It seems like his burden is too much for you to bear.
0: Barnabas, I want him to stay this time around. I want you to come with us.
1: Paul, you either let him come or I'm- He's not coming. coming. Paul, I pray the Lord blesses your trip, but I'm not coming and I need you to leave.
0: The text doesn't tell us what happened next. The text doesn't tell us how John Mark may have felt when he would no doubtly hear about this conversation that took place in Acts 15. But I have to imagine that that was a little bit discouraging when he heard that Paul didn't want him to come. So, I imagine it, that next scene may have looked something like this. Barnabas, did you see Paul? Did Did you talk to him?
1: Yeah, I met with Paul. Um, the rumors were true he is taking the trip um, but you and me we're not, we're not going to be going what? he came over to ask me if I wanted to come and I told him of course I would, I would love to come but I, I mentioned to him that I'd like for you to come along with us and he didn't agree with me and we ended up fighting about it. And now I'm not going and you're not going.
0: Is this because of what happened in Perga?
1: That's, that's the, the event that decided.
0: <clears throat> I should have never left.
1: It was a long time ago. You made a mistake
0: pretty big one and now now he doesn't want to bring me along he doesn't want to bring me along like what's the point
1: need I remind you people weren't so sure about Paul at one point
0: yeah but he's Paul I'm I'm John Mark I don't know how you can compare the two. He doesn't want me to come. I messed up. I get it. I got it. But what's the point? There's I don't see how how I bring any I don't see how I bring any value. He doesn't want me to come? Who else would want me to come? Like I, I clearly like I'm like trash um i'm I'm worthless basically
1: you're not worthless but i feel that way stop it john mark god's not done with you he can still do plenty with your life
0: I don't know what situation that you're in right now. I don't know where you're at. Maybe, maybe things aren't going the way that you'd like them to go. Maybe you're here today and you're like, honestly, I don't even know why I'm here. Someone like was like, you need to come. You and the Lord, well, let's not even start talking about that. And you know those moments, of discouragement, of despair, of, dare I say, worthlessness. Those moments when it just feels like, man, if it could go wrong, it, it is in your life. It's in those moments that we all need someone like Barnabas to help us, to encourage us when we're at our weakest point.
1: I've been thinking. I think I want to go to Cyprus. I think that there's work to be done there. And I'd like for you to come with me. (laughs) You don't want me to come with you. I do, John Mark. Yeah, and what if I... What if I screw up again? What if I mess up again? Then you mess up again. As the prophet Jeremiah says, his mercies are new each morning. And he is always faithful. We have a big God. He's bigger than your problems. He's bigger than your mistakes. You can't stop him from using you just because you made one mistake. You can't stop him from using you even if you make a hundred mistakes. God can still use you, John Mark. Come with me. There's work to be done. Okay. All right, come here. (laughs)
0: don't quit don't give up don't give in like maybe maybe you're in a situation right now where it feels like everything's just going against you Like in that relationship that you're in, or the relationship that you're not in, that you want to be in, or, or in that class, it seems like no matter how hard you try, it just, things just aren't working out. You're, you're praying for a situation that someone is healed and, and they just keep getting worse, or that things with your parents work out, but it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like God's even hearing your prayers. Don't quit. Don't don't give in. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep going. People say, well John Mark. Ever get that great comeback? Whatever happened to, to John Mark? Fifty eight AD. Peter's in prison. He's about to be executed. His young disciple, his protege, according to church history, comes to him. He tells him his eyewitness accounts. Jesus. And his young protege pins down Peter's works. It's those 16 chapters that John Mark wrote down that, that you more commonly know as the gospel according to Mark. Imagine if he would have quit. If he would have said, this is just too hard, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it. Being a Christian is hard. Imagine if he would have quit, if he would have given up, if he would have thrown the towel, we would have had one less gospel. It would be Matthew, Luke, and John. We never see our, oftentimes. We never see ourselves in such a way that we think about, well, what effects may I have or may I be for the kingdom of God in this world? You have a big God and, and he can use the most unlikely of people to make huge and impactful differences. So what about John Mark and, and Paul? Are things always icy with them? Whatever happened with them? Well, at least a decade has gone, has gone by. At least one decade. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, this is 63, 68, somewhere in that time frame, A.D. In 2 Timothy 4, Paul writes to his young protege, Timothy. He says, Timothy, I want you to come visit me. And oh, by the way, when you come visit me, I want you to bring John Mark with you, for he is so helpful for me in the ministry. Bring John Mark with you! keep going don't quit keep pushing forward don't stop don't give in don't give up now I should clarify this is not a message of positive thinking this is not a message of of, of positive thinking whatsoever you see when when we give into discouragement it's not just saying okay well i'm am a quitter or i'm giving up but to some degree it's also saying god you're not big enough or you're not able to get me through this this but this is not just a message of positive thinking like if, if your confidence for a brighter tomorrow is based on your own self then this is just a secular message I could just come and guest speak in a, in a public high school if your confidence for a brighter tomorrow is based upon yourself then, then you've missed the point see the point is this that we might say with Paul after we've after we've given it our all that we might say with Paul and my God will supply every need of mine according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That we might say with Paul 1 Corinthians fifteen ten. but by the grace of God I am what I am and, and his grace toward me is not in vain. On the contrary I worked harder than any of them but it wasn't me. It was God's grace working in me. It's it's after we've exhausted our options, right? We don't say, "Oh well, look at me. I I made this happen. I got through this." But after God gets us through it, we proclaim to the world: If it wasn't for Christ, I wouldn't even wake up today. I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for God. This isn't just a message of positive thinking. Like, oh, don't give up, don't quit. Like, you, you, can, you can find that enough in the world. This is, this is 1 Corinthians 15, 10, where Paul says, I worked harder than any of them, but at the end of the day, it wasn't me. It was God working in me and through me to provide his grace, and somehow I just happened to be here today. <clears throat> happened to. As if there was such a thing. It's not a message of positive thinking. This is a message that in that deepest, darkest moment, when it seems like the world is throwing everything against you, some of you know what I mean. Some of you, you maybe you had a week like me. It was a rather discouraging week. I thought, oh, of course, I'm preaching this sermon on Sunday. But you know what I mean. It's like the week, the month, whatever, hasn't gone so well. It just feels pointless it feels discouraging it feels hopeless but we don't quit we don't give in and we don't give up we drive on we drive on and oh we pray god if you don't help me like i'm not going to make it through this week if you don't help me i'm not sure i'm going to wake up tomorrow Like Barnabas said, John Mark, you've you've got a huge God. You've got a big God. As Paul says in Philippians, my God, he'll provide every need of mine, not every want. confusing sometimes when that relationship doesn't pan out that you're praying for. Every need, not, not every want. As we said last week, he's already given us the very best thing he could possibly give to us himself the greatest gift in the entire universe. So as the band comes tonight, I want to pray for us. I want to pray for the heavy hearts in here tonight. That regardless of where you're at, regardless of how much discouragement that that you've been paddling last week in your life, You will cling to the grace of God. You see, great comebacks are born in the wake of great adversity. And it is in some of our darkest, most hopeless moments that the grace of God and the power of God shines the most brightest. So I want to pray for you. Lord, we love you. and God for those in here who have heavy hearts for those in here who are just they're just feeling low they're just feeling discouraged they're just feeling defeated they're they're feeling just teamed up on by the world or maybe people they know I pray that you would encourage them God that you would pour sustaining grace into their life that they would cling to you and that we would be the church to them not just people who come and warm a pew once a week but that we would be the church to those hurting people that we would be the barnabases to the john Marks. we need your help jesus for apart from you We can't keep going. We can't continue on. So help us. In your name we pray, amen.